ocean All I know is the world looks beautiful The world looks so damn beautiful and I feel fantastic And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think about how I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now Right now I feel fantastic And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think about how I felt that day Hello Hello Welcome to You Are Being Unreasonable, the podcast about people being unreasonable on mumzet.com. We both have colds. We do. You can hear it in our voices. Sorry about that. If there's ASMR for people who have colds, then this is a show for you. I guess so. I don't know if that's a thing or not. I imagine it must be. Well, we just don't know. No, there's no way to find out without delving into the murky depths of YouTube. I don't want to go looking for people who have ASMR about colds. I don't think they're the people that I want in my life. Yeah. They will not spark joy. We're not going to share this on ASMR Twitter. No. Shall we do a speed round? Yeah. Am I being unreasonable to take Brexit personally? No, I do. Am I being unreasonable to have got it so wrong? On Brexit, yeah. Am I being unreasonable to ask where I can buy jeans and trousers for tall fat women with small waists and big bottoms? Uh, I don't know, tallfatwomen.com? And am I being unreasonable? Singing along a musical to cause such upset. Oh no, you shouldn't sing along. I thought Not everyone knew loudly. this. Yeah. This has been like... Just under your breath. Some musicals even have signs up saying, we're sure you're a great singer and everything, drunk hen parties, but please shut up. Yeah. I... We're sure you can replicate the cadence of Lafayette, but you don't have to demonstrate it during Hamilton. I think if I went to a musical and it had signs up explicitly telling you that you shouldn't sing along, I would realise that musical was not aimed at me, it was aimed at basic bitches. <laughs> and I would turn around and leave. Just turn around. There are some musicals turn that are... Turn around. <laughs> the Bonnie Tyler musical. The Bonnie Tyler jukebox musical. See, I wouldn't be able to go to that because I would be the basic bitch singing along. Yeah. Should we do a full thread? Please. Am I being unreasonable to wish people would give the twee insults a rest? It just feels like some people are still spitting their tea out over the first cockwomble 500 million years ago. So often someone will post something genuinely nasty or upsetting that they're dealing with, and in, in among the thoughtful responses you'll see, you are not being unreasonable, he's a cunt wibble, arsebag and tit carrot, insert one syllable swear word followed by arbitrary two syllable noun. No other contribution, they just wanted to get that in there in the hope of a PSML user 1234567 won the internet today. It's old. Tell me I'm not the only one who cringes when this happens. And anticipating the you're not the mums that police brigade. I'm not saying people have to stop, just that I wish they would. <laughs> That's the theme of so much of our podcast. We're not saying people have to stop, just we wish they would. Yeah, we're not policing things. Yeah. We're not the police, we're just people who find everything very, very tiring. Yeah, we're not telling you to stop knocking down our door, we just wish you would. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, this seems fine. It is a big thing on mum's set, and it is very tedious. It's a big thing on, I used to be a librarian, and it's a big thing on library Twitter. Oh. Because library Twitter doesn't want to use actual words, like fuck. They want to say bitch wagon, or I just don't understand, muffin. like... If one of these examples, what's the one? Cunt wibble. I can see that one happening, but by the time you've got past the first syllable, the damage is done. Yeah, that one's too much. That one's too much. If you want to say that first syllable, but you're trying to be twee about it, why not describe someone as a country gentleman? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just chucking wibble on the end. Like, you wouldn't do that with slurs, would you? (laughs) No, Jeremy Clarkson is a real country gentleman. Exactly. Yeah. 
arse wagon. Like, I mean, there is a phrase, that wagon you're dragging. Very much from the it's 90s. Good. It's good. But that just sounds like you're saying someone has got a big but very nice bum. Yeah. That ass wagon. A shitmonger. A shitmonger seems like someone who sells shit. Yeah. It makes it a good description for someone. Yeah, a shitmonger makes sense if someone's like a Daily Mail journalist or Laura Koonsberg. But look, these are are all bad. Yeah. Just say, he's a shit. Well, should we hear from the thread? He, she, they are shit. I think, you know who's to blame for this? Who? Charlie Brooker. Because when Charlie Brooker used to write for The Guardian, yeah, he he had all these inventive little phrases. And people have forgot, now that he's big and writing Black Mirror and is an international megastar married to Connie Hook, yeah. people have forgotten that he started making up these twee little sweary phrases. But Just, it was him. Yeah, that's funny actually, because Charlie Brooker is the last person I would call twee. Yeah, and yet he made his career off being twee in The Guardian. Well, I used to love reading Charlie Brooker's little bit in the... What was it called? The G2? In the, in the G2, yeah. We all did. But yeah. I think he's responsible for this shift in discourse. Little teenage hells reading Charlie Brooker's opinions on TV shows I hadn't watched. Yeah, Saturday morning. Oh, I'll read Charlie Brooker's opinions. Yeah. <laughs> what a way with words he has. <laughs> I think he's called Jeremy Clarkson a cockwomble. Let's hear from the thread. So, someone says, I agree. I cringe every time I read Wank Spatula or similar. Oh. But their username is Chateau Nerf du Twat. Ah, <laughs> oh, we're getting into glass houses now, aren't we? It feels like we are. Maybe you don't throw those stones, you'll shatter your glass walls. Yeah. If you have a glass house, where does wall begin and window start? I don't know. Philosophical. To the window, to the wall. Just lots of people looking confused. Yeah, where? They should be waving their arms and just shrugging like Alan Partridge. I'm waving through the window. Which window? <laughs> Someone else on the thread has said, My neighbour is a cockwomble. It perfectly sums him up. No, it no, doesn't. Not unless he's. It doesn't. Unless he is a womble shaped like a dildo. Oh. Cockwomble is the stupidest non insult I've ever heard. It doesn't even come close to meaning anything, like twant. Oh, I'd forgotten that twant was a thing people said. Silly. Yeah. Is this a British thing, do you think? It all sounds very British. It all sounds very Monty Python. In yeah. a way that I don't think you'd get in France or America. Oh my god, if I heard a French person saying cockwomble, I would know <laughs> that they were definitely taking the piss. Like, yeah, they're uh, laughing at us. He is a cockwomble. Like, yep, yep, you're laughing at us. Great. You think that I'm the cockwomble? Oh yeah, I drink my tea, I eat plain toast. <laughs> I call people cockwomble. <laughs> I'm English. <laughs> someone said, I've just come from a thread where someone said cock nostril. Wow. The thing no. to making these up is getting an object and then a swear word and putting them together. So As like, the OP says, single syllable swear, yeah. two syllable noun. Twat cushion. Fuck oven chips. Too many syllables. Damn Just it. a fuck oven. Fuck chips. <laughs> Too few syllables. There's a skill. There is a skill. There is a skill to this. I can't just do it off the top of my head by looking around. Yeah. He's a right shit curtain. It's a real tit TV. (laughs) Yeah, this is... It's surprisingly hard, but just because something's hard doesn't mean it is a skill. Twat Yoda. Let's move on, shall we? Or twat baby Yoda for the SEO. Yeah, but then the syllables don't work. Damn it. It was only like if it was twat baby, and that is grim. That's That's not okay. It has to be twat baby Yoda or nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Should we, uh, should we move on? Yeah, this person's a wank puffin. No! <laughs> no. Am I being unreasonable to think cooks on TV use too many utensils? Watching MasterChef. O-M-G. I wouldn't have the space to store all those pans and whisks and no energy to clean up after. 
Am I being unreasonable to think that a one-pan challenge would be good? A one-pan challenge. One big pan. One big pan big enough for Greg Wallace to sit in. Well, like when you go to the Christmas markets and there's always like a... There's a huge... A bratwurst stall that has just like a pan the size of a room. Yeah. Just filled to the brim with sausages. No, slowly put Greg Wallace in the big pan and roast him in his own juices. (laughs) Flip him a few times. Imagine his little face. And Greg Wallace could serve us all at Christmas time. And then you could have a little Greg Wallace curry, couldn't you, on Boxing Day? On Boxing Day. You there, boy. Go to the butchers and get me the Greg Wallace. The one as big as me, sir. Bigger. (laughs) (laughs) The one as big as Greg Wallace. (laughs) You there, Greg Wallace. Go to the butchers, don't buy anything, come back, hop in a pan. (laughs) I think they've missed the point that currently it's MasterChef The Professionals that's on. They need to use very professional things, like a fish whisker. Like, is that an insult? Yeah, Professionals, like, the joy of MasterChef The Professionals is watching people make these really elaborate things that you couldn't make at home. It's I don't really want some tired mum making a one-pan pasta bake. I think I do, because the, the portions on MasterChef The Professional are very small. But that's a different show. Very small. That's a very different show, though, isn't it? Like, I want MasterChef Big Pasta Bake. No, it's a different show. It'd be like watching The Sewing Bee and being like, I don't know why they don't just use WonderWeb. Exactly. The point is that it's a skill that not everyone has, and they're using these. No, this is nonsense. You watch the Great British Bake Off and be like, just for once, I'd like to see a Betty Crocker mix. They're missing the point. I use too many utensils when I cook. That's because you cook like a top down video. We cover this about every third episode. I get a load of small ramekins and fill them with my ingredients. So I've got all the ramekins prepared. You are all about the mise en place. Exactly. They discussed this on Judge John Hodgman, right? A few yeah. weeks ago. And I was like, yes, that's me. And I, was I want like, all the ingredients laid out before me. Absolutely not. That's ridiculous. I don't want to measure while I'm cooking. I want to measure, cook, eat in that order. We're different. We're different, you and I. Yeah. It does result in a lot of washing up, but it makes me calmer when I'm cooking. Yeah, which is fine. So I don't mind it a stressful endeavour. Yeah. So I would use a lot of utensils. Yeah, fair enough. A different spatula for each thing. So what you're saying is... A fish spatula, a chicken spatula, a beef spatula, because we're having fish, chicken, beef. You want the worst of all worlds. You want not professional quality food because you want big portions of fish, chicken, beef. But you want professional quality use of utensils. So you want to use as many utensils as possible to make a one-pan dish. Yes. 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 So it is a one-pan dish, but because the meat's on place, you've used 38 individual ramekins yeah i want gourmet food and a lot of it like when we went on our honeymoon and i yeah. ate that delicious risotto there's yeah. loads of that and that was a starter and, and then when starter. the main turned up that was tiny yeah the main in comparison to the starter was a disappointment the main was, was great one cubed inch of beef and then a small slider for no reason Loved it. Yeah, Loved it was it. very odd. Especially that risotto. Gourmet risotto at the portions that I would make myself at home. Fantastic. Very good. Uh, let's go back to the thread, shall we? Someone said, oh, it's just product placement. Well, it's not because it's the BBC, so they don't do product placement. Yeah. And if they are doing product placement, they can't accept any money for it, so What's what? the point? Yeah. yeah. Backhander from uh, Big Breville. Someone said... May I suggest they do Christmas lunch with a roasting tin, a baking tray, and one saucepan. It's Master Chef. The clue is in the word master. It's not person who lives in a bedsit trying to get by, Chef. 
it's not I'm exhausted and my family are going to be ungrateful whatever I feed them, Chef. It's Master Chef. I think this would be a good challenge, though. On a different programme. No, on Master Chef. Just have one week where you can... You have to select your implements beforehand and you can only take, like, two or three. And then you have to... So there's a whole array of them, a whole buffet table full of of utensils, but you have to pick three. Okay, now I'm totally on board with this, because now I understand what you're saying is it's like Ready, Steady, Cook, but rather than you bring the bag of ingredients... You bring the utensils. You have unlimited ingredients, but you only have the utensils you brought. Yeah. So if you decide that you want to make, for example, a risotto, but all you brought was a roasting dish and uh, a whisk... Yeah. Then... Good luck. You don't you don't find out what you're supposed to make until you get to the studio with the stuff you've brought. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a roasting tin and a whisk, and they say, uh, make a fine soup. And you're like, shit, I'm, I'm going to have to do it in this roasting tin Yeah. with I'm, this whisk. I'm going to have to try and just mash it with a whisk because I don't have a blender. Yeah. That's what really separates the, the, the men from the boys, as it were. The and then chefs at the from end, the sous chefs. Like, you're roasting your vegetables, and they're like, did you bring oven mitts? And you're like, no. And they're like, well... Good luck. Looks like someone's going to have to make the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oven mitts count as a utensil for the purposes of this challenge. Or you could take your pants off. Oh, no. Yeah, pant mitts. <laughs> Another insult. <laughs> pant mitts over there getting his roasting dish out with his pants used to the mitts <laughs> looks like someone's getting roasted and it's pant mitts nice yeah no I've, I've done a whole flip on this I still think that the OP is being deliberately obtuse about MasterChef the professionals but I do think there's a market for this show yeah the market for this show might well be should we pitch it to Taskmaster maybe they want it <laughs> I don't know if you could get a full series out of it no they're on channel 4 now so they're probably too big for us we Whereas when they were on Dave, Dave, yeah. Take any old shit. <laughs> not, you know, not impugning Dave. If anyone on Dave wants to give us a TV version of this it. format, we, we, we sincerely apologise. If Dave himself is listening. You've blown it. Someone said, I always hate it when they don't scrape all the food out of the bowl into the pan, so there's always three carrots or bits of rice left over. Again, it's about professional chefs making the finest quality food. <laughs> I don't want them to waste valuable television time as someone chases that last grain of rice out of a bowl to try and get it into the pan. By far and away, the cooking show you watch most is The Pioneer Woman on Food Network. Absolutely. And she is a one-dish kind of woman. That is not gourmet cooking. I was just going to ask. Oh, no, she's like, I'm doing 16-minute one-pan meals. She just, like, throws a load of butter in a pan and then hurls whatever she's got in there and then tips cream out of, like, a gallon jug and it's just, like, puts it in the freezer and she's like, this will be ready in 16 minutes and it comes out and it's just, like, slightly colder, buttery cream. It's like, mmm, delicious. <laughs> You've painted quite a picture there. Yeah. But, I mean, that's crazy because she's got so much room on that ranch. Yeah. She could have loads of utensils. I watched an episode. She could fill that guest house room. I watched an episode yesterday where she was making meals that college students could cook in their dorms, and she was like, "For every dorm, you need a microwave. For every dorm, you need a tea kettle. Like, imagine rocking up to your dorm room and you've got a mini fridge, a tea kettle, a microwave that you're just going to plug into your power socket that's probably only intended for like a phone charger." Oh yeah, in America, you can't plug a tea kettle in. No, they can't take that charge. But then she used the tea kettle to make, as Americans call it, ramen noodles. Just super noodles. Just what noodles, you're saying right? is extremely yeah. offensive to ramen, the real food. <laughs> <laughs> Just instant noodles. I call she... everything noodles in America. Yeah, they... Spaghetti's noodles. Yeah. Fusilli's noodles. Yeah. Even macaroni. 
Lasagna noodles. is noodles. Lasagna is noodles. Lasagna is just big flat noodles. They talk about lasagna noodles all the time. And I'm like, but yeah, she made this ramen noodle dish. And she was like, ramen noodles come with a seasoning packet. So she put the seasoning packet in. And then she put the ramen noodles in. And then she put a whole tablespoon of sriracha in, which I think is quite a lot for a single a lot, serving. Yeah. And then she put in a whole tin of baby corn and a whole tin of straw mushrooms. And then like loads of sliced up... Um, spring onions and then she poured the hot water on it then she put another tablespoon of sriracha and she was like what a quick and easy meal is it like why have you funnied around for so long yeah this is insane too much too much yeah no the pioneer woman she does the sort of home cooking that this person wants to see and I am all for that but I don't think all shows should be home cooking no That's they nonsense. can't be we need a good variety down, down home cooking shows Compet- competitive cooking shows yeah cooking shows where Mary Berry just flirts with the guests yeah we need the whole mix the whole package yeah and now people are talking about how you have to pre-soak the dishes when you make a carbonara that's crazy <sighs> And now they're saying that 15-minute meals don't exist. So what I've come to conclude is these people are terrible cooks. 15-minute meals do exist. They tend not to be the one-pound ones, because the one-pound ones tend to be roasting dishes. But you can't cook. Don't begrudge MasterChef for existing. That's all I'm saying on this. Should we move on? Can't cook. Won't cook. Can't cook. Don't cook. (laughs) Am I being unreasonable? Cover versions shouldn't be direct copies of the originals. They keep playing Sam Smith's new version of Donna Summer's I Feel Love on Radio 2. What on earth is the point of it? Why did anybody, I think I can guess who, see the need for Sam to go to the trouble of recording and releasing a song that sounds almost identical, but not as well sung, as the original? Even the instrumentation sounds very much like a direct copy. Surely a cover version is meant to be a different interpretation of a song, isn't it? At least bring a little something extra or alternative to the table. Like them or not, I'm thinking of meaningful and well-thought-out covers, such as Cindy Lauper versus Roy Orbison with I Drove All Night, Dolly Parson versus Whitney Houston with I Will Always Love You, Dougie McLean versus Amy MacDonald with Caledonia, Prince versus Sinead O'Connor with Nothing Compares to You. If it's a tribute act or a local karaoke competition, then that's all well and good. But if it's just commercially released and available to buy or listen in exactly the same place as the identical original, is it just me? No. Again, unprecedentedly, I agree with this this poster, like the first poster. Wow. I think they're right. The worst for this is any cover of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, which just does the same, but less good. Yeah. There's no... I'm sure there are different covers out there, but the majority, I'm thinking like your Leona Lewis's, yeah. are just the same, but worse. So when the Leona Lewis one came out, I remember a friend of mine saying to me, I preferred the originals. Originals, plural. The originals, the Jeff Buckley's. Yeah. I preferred Jeff Buckley's original version. And I sort of blinked, and then she said, you know, the originals, the Jeff Buckley one and the original one. (laughs) (laughs) The Jeff Buckley one's not the original one. Yeah. Don't bracket that in with the originals. But does that mean that, like, if someone does a cover and then someone else does a cover, now everything before the most recent one is one of the originals? No, that's not... You can't co-op this. Is it like Doctor Who? I think they're right, though. A good cover you should come to own in a different way to the original artist. So they've mentioned Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You. Yeah. I would say Sinead owns that in a way that Prince doesn't anymore. Like, you think of Sinead O'Connor and you think of Nothing Compares to You. Same with uh, Johnny Cash and Nine Inch Nails. So yeah. her, he owns that now. Yeah, and the people are always so like, "It's better. a Johnny Cash song." It's like it's not. Like yeah, he you covered can think Nine it's Inch better. Nails. 
that's fine. And you can think that Johnny Cash is a superior artist, but you can't erase the fact that Nine Inch Nails did write the song. Oh yeah, I'm not trying to do that. No. I'm just saying. So it's still their song, they did the original, but the cover is so good. Yeah, absolutely. The cover is so distinctive. And I think that's the point of a cover. Yeah. And, I mean, I Will Always Love You, the Whitney Houston version, there are so many people that don't even know that that was ever a Dolly Parton song. I didn't Parsons know that was song. a Dolly Parton song. How? You've known my dad for years. My dad gets very uptight about this because he loves Dolly. I've never brought it up. <laughs> but, you know, people do think that's a Whitney Houston song. I have no idea what this Cindy Lauper versus Roy Orbison thing is, but I wish it was like how in the 90s... If something was artist versus artist, they meant it was a mashup of the two because I'd be here for the Cindy Lauper oh, yeah. Royal Orbison mashup. The way they've put versus in this is very choice. I want to know what they mean by this. Why did anybody, in brackets, I think I can guess who, see the need for Sam to go to the trouble of recording? Oh, yeah, I wonder who. I don't know who they mean. <laughs> yeah. Donna <It's>... Summers? <laughs> Sam Smith? <laughs> Imagine you're sitting at home one day and Donna Summers knocks on your door. Hey, Sam, it's time for you to do that cover. You know why. What, so only Sam Smith and Donna Summer know why? Yeah. <laughs> Donna Summers got something on him. Some blackmail. Some illicit blackmail. I just don't understand. Like, is this just mum's set being turfy? Or is there some sort of conspiracy that I've missed because I've had a cold so I haven't been keeping up on the latest... Donna Summer, Sam Smith conspiracy theories. Are you implying that they think it's the trans women and the trans men that are doing this? Yeah. <laughs> got Sam Smith to record Donna Summer's You don't spend as much time diving into these boards as I do. I think that's a plausible thing that this poster might be getting at. Why? I don't know. I'm not <laughs> one of them. <laughs> I can recognise a phenomenon without being able to explain it. Fair enough. But apart from that, they're weird conspiracy stuff. I think they're right. I think a cover version should be distinctive. Yeah, like... Our first dance at our wedding was to a cover version. It was. It was to the Cindy Lauper versus Royal Orbison <laughs> mashup of I Drove All Night. <laughs> yeah, it's more accurate to say it was a mashup. <laughs> Cindy Lauper versus Royal Orbison. But what about if someone does a cover version, the way they make it their own is to make it so twee that you can use it in the John Lewis ad? Every year now, oh, we, just, no. we just get a twee cover. Yeah. Someone takes a song that used to have a bit of energy and a bit of heart to it, and they just make it a bit like this. That's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the worst kind of cover. If you've slowed it down and you've taken out all the instruments apart from a single guitar, you might have fucked it. Yeah. Or a single piano. Yeah, if you've changed it to the point where it could plausibly be used, not only for the John Lewis ad, but also for an ad about reducing your speed so you do not kill a child, then don't. Just don't. You know what covers I like? What covers Like, do you... sincerely. Yeah? Postmodern jukebox covers. Yeah. I think they're fun, and they change it in a 1920s, 1930s way. Yeah. And it's a fun way of reapproaching the song. You know what I like? I like when they put a donk on it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm going to take all of the songs that sound like they should be John Lewis ad songs, but, like, in their original form. Yes. And then I'm going to put more instruments and speed it up and turn it into something completely the opposite that way. And then that can become the new Christmas trend. It's good. Yeah? It's good. It seems like covers are a Christmas thing. Is this because of, like, reality shows? I think so. Where they have to do covers because they don't have time to write a song. I'm pretty sure that's it, yeah. Yeah, so covers seem to have dominated the Christmas number ones. 
I will um, I say, think... pop stars, the rivals, girls allowed, the greatest act to come out of any talent competition. Yeah. Sound of the Underground was an original song. That's true. They wrote a song because the format of that was they knew that they were going to have a girl band or a boy band or whatever. They had time. They had a song. There must be loads of songs waiting in the wings that they can just give to someone. Sound of the Underground was a banger. I think there clearly is a song waiting to be reinvented in this way. And we all know what it is. We're just waiting for people to do it. What is it? It's Orinoco Flow by Enya. Yeah? Yeah. So that's... Strip, it all, strip out all the synth and all the layered singing and just strip it back to a single piano. That would be so haunting. Think yeah. about how haunting it already is. Real haunting. <sighs> sail away, sail away, sail away. No. Someone started talking about Westlife doing that cover of Uptown Girl and I don't have the energy to find out if they think that's good or bad. Just no. Mm. Just no. Let's do another thread, shall we? This is a listener suggestion, so thank you for that. Who's it from? Carolyn T. Thanks, Carolyn. Am I being unreasonable about Angel Delight? I think layering different flavours of Angel Delight would be nice. DH thinks the flavours should be kept separated to maintain their integrity. I'm referring to banana, chocolate and butterscotch, not strawberry. Even I wouldn't go that far. Don't at me if you don't like Angel Delight. We couldn't be friends. There we go. An unprecedented three out of four. Wow. That I agree with. I don't see any harm in this. What you do within the privacy of your own home with Angel Delight is entirely up to you. What I would like to know... Okay, I've got a couple of things I'd like to know. I have a few questions, but yeah, go ahead. You can buy Angel Delight now in little tubs, like hot chocolate tubs, so you can just use the amount that you want and then you can keep the rest in the cupboard for later. Yeah. So if you do that... There is absolutely no harm in trying this. Like, is the DH saying, no, you can't use a couple of spoonfuls for each of these tubs that we have in because of the integrity? Because that seems very mean-spirited. <laughs> but Joyless. if they don't have those and they're having to use three whole sachets and there's only two of them there, that's way too much Angel Delight in case it goes wrong. But also, for two people, that means they're going to have to be Angel Delight like every meal. To be clear, we're talking about making... Three separate Angel Delights, right? And then stacking them on top of each other. Yeah. yeah. So you get the powder, yeah. you put it in the milk, you make it, you put it to one side. Maybe in a ramekin. Sure. We're not talking about mixing up the powders. No, because that would be bleh. Yeah, it just occurred to me that that might be what they're talking about. No. And that's terrible. Very clearly says layering. Yeah. Not mixing. Layering. Yeah, yeah. good. Because that one, no, I don't want to be associated with that. No. I, I find it interesting that they want to use... Banana, chocolate and butterscotch, which are sure. the beigest, brownest yeah, mix of things. I'm not sure what the objection to strawberry is. She I like to... strawberry a lot. Strawberry Angel Delight is delicious. Yeah, so why not include it in this Neapolitan of Angel Delight? Yeah, it might make things look a bit better. Banana flavour anything is bad. I wouldn't have banana. I would have butterscotch, chocolate and strawberry to mimic the classic Neapolitan ice cream. Exactly. Yeah. It's tried and true. Yeah. Do you we got that Neapolitan Vionetta? Delicious. That was the classiest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was this year, it was 2019, when we got a Neapolitan Vionetta. Mm. And everyone was thrilled to see it. Of course they were. It's delicious. Yeah. Spice up your dinner parties with a Neapolitan Vionetta. Exactly. Or a Neapolitan Angel Delight. I think the husband sounds extremely joyless that he won't even countenance trying it. Yeah, let's try it, man. Who cares? And to be honest, I've it's said... It's like a trifle. I've said it's very wasteful. You'd have to make loads. But, like, food waste is bad, but you could always put it in the bin. It wouldn't be the worst turn of events if you had to put some Angel Delight in the bin. Yeah, give it to a homeless person, even. Hello, I made this Angel Delight concoction. Would you like it? 
homeless person? No, I've suffered it off. Oh, I'll eat it then, in front of you. <laughs> That's like the opposite of Cambridge <laughs> students burning money in front of homeless people. <laughs> yeah. Just a sad mum's letter eating an angel delight eating Neapolitan. Eating an angel delight Neapolitan that they don't want in front of them. What's the minimum number of utensils you could use to make this? So let's imagine that what you do is you have like... A, obviously you need an ornate crystal bowl so everyone can <laughs> see the layers. That much is clear. Obviously. Yeah, you need like an ornate crystal bowl. Yeah. And then you have like, let's say a jug that you make the first batch in. So you make... What goes on the bottom? Chocolate. You don't want the chocolate seeping through. You want chocolate at the bottom. Yeah, because it's darkest. Yeah. So you make your chocolate in the jug. Yeah. And then you pour it into your ornate crystal bowl. Yeah. And you set that for a bit, like you put it in the fridge. So, so far we have his crystal bowl, jug and yeah. fork, spoon. But while while that's setting, you can rinse out that jug. Because you don't need to do a proper wash up of it. You just need to rinse out so there's no chocolate bits left. Yeah. And that's when you make your butterscotch in the same jug. I want to put the strawberry next, but go on. Oh, I was going for the flavours that this person was using. Ah. But yes. Yeah, in that case, I'd put banana on the top to get it out of the way. Exactly. Yeah. This is just a sad bit we have to get through. <laughs> just We must traverse the banana before we can enjoy this. Yeah. At this point, you've just got your crystal bowl and your jug and your fork. Ornate crystal bowl. It's very ornate. Ornate crystal fork. Yes. Ornate crystal jug. Yes. <laughs> You're in a crystal house. You're for a stones. Exactly. <laughs> And then you pour that on top and you leave it to set and you rinse out your jug and you rinse off your fork. And then you do your third layer, your banana, because you're a monster. Yeah, gross. Weird. That is a waste of crystal. <laughs> a waste of fine crystal. A waste of fine crystal. But you do you, whatever. When your guests get here, yeah. they're going to be appalled. And then you do the same and you do that and then you set it and then you wash up your jug and you wash up your fork and you can wash up your bowl once your guests have marvelled at your beautiful creation. Yeah. Not many utensils used, and you've ended up with a nice, distinct cover version of Neapolitan ice cream. You've ended up with a stunning centrepiece. A stunning centrepiece. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. not scatter some rose petals over it? Or some hundreds and thousands. Feels like we burnt our bridges with Dave earlier in the episode. You burnt our bridges with Dave. We could get in with the Food Network. I love this, the Food Network. This format could be a food show. We have often discussed how the things that people cook on Mumsnet are terrible, and I was talking about making a zine of all the recipes that I've found on Mumsnet. Yeah. Including macaroni cheese and Yorkshire pudding. Yeah. This Neapolitan angel delight. Yeah. Oven chips as a dinner party appetiser. Mm. I'm going to make this zine, and I'm going to put a link when this goes out, and you can buy it for Christmas. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to get it done today. You're going to have to. I will. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> but by the time you're listening to this, I will have made this scene. And that is a promise. That's a hell's promise. That is a promise and a threat. You know I don't edit out these promises. Yeah, so if you want to buy our zine, all uh, profits will go to mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> mermaids are going to contact us and ask to stop supporting, aren't they? Yeah, please Please stop, stop supporting us. You're terrible. Please, you're doing more damage. <laughs> We struggle enough without people seeing our logo on this terrible zine suggesting that you put macaroni cheese in a Yorkshire pudding and make a Neapolitan angel delight as a stunning centrepiece. Someone said, I think it certainly needs to be tried. I love it when people use the passive voice for no reason. It needs to be tried. Yeah, like they're not, they don't want to say any one person should have to try it. They're not going that far. That would be rude. No. <laughs> but it does need to be tried. Someone here said, I think it would be classy. Do it in a glass bowl so you can see the layers. Yeah, see, we're so on sync with Mumsnet this week. Oh no, oh no. No, I think Mumsnet is getting better, not we're getting worse. 
Wow, someone said that when they were little, they'd have strawberry jelly with strawberry angel delight on top. It's going in the zine. That sounds delicious. I think I had that. Really? Yeah. You know, it's my birthday soon. I'm aware. Can I have strawberry jelly with strawberry angel delight on top, please? I don't see why not. I think I even I can make that. Yes! Just lay out my little ramekins. <laughs> Post some pictures of the museum on place for that. <laughs> and someone said, we mix banana and butterscotch to get banoffee. Wow! Yeah. Now, mixing... Bad. Fine. Uh, you mix banana, butterscotch and chocolate, you're just going to end up with brown sludge. <laughs> I'm just going to give you one more little snippet from this thread. I had an ex who did this once, although it involved strawberry. It was the single best thing he did in our relationship. Wow. How long were they together? She says the ex did it once. One time during their relationship. You're always just waiting for them to do it again. <laughs> Hoping. Yeah, they feed you that hope. And they snatch it away. That's how they get you. That's a red flag. <laughs> that is a red flag. Leave the bastard. She already has. It's fine. Folks, if men give you layered angel delight, that's a red flag. Shall we do one more speed round? Yeah. Am I being unreasonable to think that mum's there is becoming increasingly less feminist and that this... Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like mum's there is not very feminist in terms of intersectionality. Well, yeah. My feminism will be intersectional or it will be bullshit. So mum's there is bullshit. <laughs> and am I being unreasonable to now prefer cats to dogs? Oh, I wonder what happened. Bad experience with a dog, perhaps? Or a Good great experience, experience with, a cat. with a cat. The cat served a mixed layer angel delight. I'm a glass half full person. It was a great experience with a cat. And that glass is crystal. <laughs> and it's filled with angel delight. Thank you very much for listening. Look out for our zine. Yeah, look out for our zine. The recipes of mum's there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, have fun. We've got a live show this Sunday in London. Yep. So if you happen to be in London this weekend, come on down. Yeah, it's at 6.30. It's at the Boulevard Theatre in Soho. Thanks a lot. Bye! Fantastic. And I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think of how I felt that day. When I felt the way that I do right now. Right now. Right now.